Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Uh, where are you? Are you on some sort of vacation? Lucky duck. Where are you? Write me a postcard and send it to me. I'll put it on my fridge. I have a giant fridge. And when you open it, it's full of pigs that are still alive. Get get out of here, guys. Look, this is going to be an amazing episode. I'm excited. Wherever you are, plug your brain in because this episode is great. It's with Stephanie Callender, also known as Steph Callender, who's one of the funniest, uh, brightest writers in Canada now. She writes on everything. Uh, she's tons, mostly like every comedy show that you know in Canada, but also a lot of cartoons like, uh, Cupcake and Dino is coming out on Netflix now. I'm not sure if it's in Netflix Canada, but it's coming out on Netflix in the U S she's a main writer on that. She's written on Gary and his demons. She's written on Inspector Gadget, Wish Fart, Go Away Unicorn. It's insane. She's working on all the, whatever. When you turn on Canadian TV, Steph has been in that room, and she's added her joy and hilarity to that process. And uh, we've known each other forever. We've been doing stand-up shows and comedy around town for at least 10 years. And so this was a really fun chat, and we had a great time. So you're going to love that. So wherever you are, do whatever you put. If, if you're Wolverine, put your snickety-snick uh, knife hands back into your wrists and just relax, okay? If you're, what's his name? The guy with the red eyes that go and fry things, Cyclops. Put your shades on, man, and take it easy because this episode is good. It's episode 87 and it's with Steph Callender. And we're going to dive in right now and we're going to get down to it because it was a lot of fun, okay? So here we go. Yeah, ready? Enjoy. Okay, so don't think because you... Uh, come over to our house all the time to eat Indian food that I am not going to, I'm going to take it easy on you in this interview. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be really tough and we're going to get to some real heavy truths. I'm scared. You have to keep the mic closer to your mouth. Okay. See, that's already how mean I'm going to be. Is this good? Is that good? I don't know. People listening at home, is that good? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's too close. I know. But that's how it goes. Okay. But, bleh, yeah, see? I don't know. Like this. Does that? How does, close does this look? Um, It's like you're about to bite into a sandwich. Okay, do you want me to open up with being vulnerable? Yes. Guess what I did this morning? What? I went to a dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. I paid $150 to have some skin tags removed. Like a... Like I'm just a measly dog. <laughs> How many tags? A fear. Why do you? Where were they? Like some are obvious. Like why yes. would you? Oh, what is a skin tag? Um, it's I have just, one on my neck. I'm not like above them. I have them, but I don't know why it happens. Um, they're just like um, it's a disease. <laughs> I feel like did they just chop it off with like nail clippers? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. They put like rubbing alcohol in it and just cut them off. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> they didn't numb it? No. Then why wouldn't you just do that at home yourself? Um, and by the way, people listening, it's not a disease. It's just nothing. It's just like uh, I don't know, people get them the older you get and they're like a collection of fat that grows out of your skin. Is it covered by OHIP or is it extra? It's covered by fat. 
<laughs> Honk. This Did is they uh, just like to scrape them into the garbage after or wash them down the sink. She ate them. <laughs> I think she works there for a reason. You go to a weird <laughs> doctor. Like she is a dermatologist and she's like, what can I help you with? And she was licking her lips and uh, she pulled out some scotch bonnet <laughs> pepper sauce. Like why did so when people are like why did you go into being a dermatologist? She's like I eat skin, like yeah. gold member. I eat skin. What are you gonna give me a hard time? Because you can't these days, right? Because <laughs> it's like you, well, we don't know who to be offending. If I, you're into eating skin, it's fine. I guess it's fine as long as you're not killing people and eating them like Hannibal Lecter. Then it's not, then it's a crime. Oh shoot, I forgot about the hair. Yeah. Could you imagine right. if you made a joke about eating skin or something or scabs or something gross like that? And then some like someone online sending you messages like, sorry, what do you think is wrong about that? <laughs> and then they tried to engage with you in a, like a conversation about ethics. And They're stuff. like, I'm a scabby and I take that really. <laughs> yeah. And it's people like you that keep us. Uh, <laughs> it, I don't know. Yeah. I meet people who not like comparing to like scabs. real like <laughs> issues to scabbies. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I actually think it's cool if you eat scabs and if you eat skin. I think it's totally cool and and <laughs> there's no one way to be, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> what a weird. Yeah, she. So she came in and she cut them off and she to, to be honest she didn't even look into my eyes or say my name and uh <laughs> she just cut pieces of my like flesh that off cost extra. yeah yeah i i i only paid 150 bucks i feel like if you pay like <laughs> the lux package i look in your eyes and I if you pay like 500 name. bucks she says your name cuts off your skin tags <laughs> and then gives you a happy ending <laughs> ouch 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 what is it chris that hurt oh, oh you know and then it's like whoa what the really dermatologists like are so desperate for money because it's such a rare thing hi i'm sorry Aww. do you want me to move him no it's okay is so this is steph Callener. that's the guest that it already got gross and weird off the top but that sorry. i was driving that no, no i was driving that i feel that. like i pull that out of people like i feel like people get gross around me because they feel like they can um and they're actually right. it was my dermatologist that pulled it out of me <laughs> hey come on um but yeah wiggly she just ripped the skin tags <laughs> off you with her fingers like she didn't use any tools and they popped like ew uh, sorry to start this episode off so gross but i genuinely did this today and i had a skin tag that was big behind my left ear that always bugged me and even though it's completely cosmetic like no one can see it i got rid of it finally and it makes me it gives me peace of mind yeah now you can strut yeah it's like, you know, in the beginning of Saturday Night um, Fever when it's like, down, 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 down. But it's not the dermatologist. <laughs> yeah, but like they show him, they show his shoes, they show his pants, his package, they show. But for me, it's all just like the back of my ear walking down the street. <laughs> just shot after shot dun, of the back dun, of your dun, neck. Dun, just like a really sexy back of the left ear. <laughs> With like a red spot where a skin tag used to be. And the vocals going, ooh, clean. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, 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 uh. Clean now. That's it. Yeah. I overdubbed it. 
<laughs> Stay and clean. I have a skin tag on my neck, but it, I just like to pick at it, so I don't want to get rid of it. Because when I'm like feeling anxious, I just pick at it. Oh, you're. A I picker. don't want people to see me doing that, which I guess they can, because I'm not invisible. But man, <laughs> it's your choice what you do want to do with skin tags. Thanks. But if it was underneath your eye, say, yeah, what would you do? I guess I would get it removed. I guess I would get it removed so that I could book commercials. That's what I did. Yeah. I had one on the bridge of my nose that was like small, but I was like, get it. <laughs> get it. And like, I don't even <laughs> think no anyone would ever notice, but I did. There isn't even like a red spot or anything on your face. She said it's like basically like nicking yourself shaving. It'll be gone tomorrow. The red spots. I don't see a thing. You look great. You look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also got like whole new skin. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Imagine part. you got Botox too. You're just like, what the hell? I went to the dermatologist. <laughs> I forgot their names. Dermatologist. Got a couple skin tags removed. Um, oh, yeah. I got fresh skin and new eyes. <laughs> when you go to the dermatologist, um, there's so many posters for like, um, like cosmetic surgery up on the walls. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's your main thing. Like, I guess you do, like, I guess well, you do cancer and odds and ends like that, but yeah. mostly probably, like, like aesthetic. Oh, it's, it's cosmetic for cosmetic, sure. Cosmetic, yeah. Yeah, so. it's for aesthetics. Uh, and one of the doctors had a book on the check-in counter that they're selling, which is mm. about, like, what soaps to use to, like, I think the... I think the book was... Co- like, it's like, because some soaps, you know, are bad for your skin and what soaps... So I think the book was, I can't remember. I think it was called Soaps, Honestly. <laughs> no. <laughs> like Soaps, comma, Honestly. <laughs> With a question mark? <laughs> like, honestly? No, it was like, no. Like, they were confident. They're like, honestly, these are the soaps. <laughs> <laughs> All those other soap books are lying to you. But this one's giving you the real truth about soaps. Merry Christmas. And then someone's looking at their book they got for Christmas. Soaps, <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's about the good soaps. <laughs> My doctor made it. I mean, sometimes I look up stuff like that. Like, like, is it bad to use different, like, um, <laughs> sorry, my cat's so cute. Yeah, Wiggly the cat is, uh, I brought a bag over with all the podcast. We're at Steph and Aaron Eves' house. We're married. Yeah, they're married. Aaron Eves has done the podcast years ago, but he should do it again anyways. And um, Steph and Aaron are friends that come over all the time to eat Indian food. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we talk, but mostly just a lot of loud eating and then the elevator goes up and down. <laughs> no, sometimes we watch a movie like Logan's Run. And sometimes we play Quip Lash. Lash. Yeah. Which, uh, let's be honest, Aaron has definitely, the hardest I've ever laughed was at one of Aaron's jokes. Oh, um, it was like... Uh, viking eric the blank and he put eric (laughs) the little mermaid's husband (laughs) perfect (laughs) which is so delightful that's the hardest i've ever laughed playing the game Mm -hmm. but the most consistently big laughs is you out of anybody we've played with you're a whiz thanks but i've told you that a bunch of times every time we play every time it makes me feel good (laughs) i think that i'm okay to be honest I think at this point in my life, I know that I'm a very funny person, but I don't think I'm that good at quiplash. I think I panic and every like I I'm a 50 percent hit guy. 
Do you want to know what the tr- I find the trick is with Quiplash is really using your time because it gives you like a good like minute and there's a counting clock. So you can like if, if you use the whole minute to like think of something and then try to top it. I can I feel like I feel like my first thing I write down, I can usually top it by the end of the minute. Yeah, it's a fun brain exercise. OK, yeah, I definitely have like been like, bam, got it. And then it's out there and then <laughs> I've got 48 seconds left. I'm like. Oh. I feel like I do better when I'm stoned too. Right. Yeah, I'm I think we all kind of got easy. stoned and drunk one, and that was the hardest I laughed. Maybe the first time. Oh, yeah. But you write a lot. You've been writing for TV for a long time now. So you're just like, and I, I guess you punch stuff up, and like you're, yeah. you are a writer. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So you're and al- I do punch up, yeah. I'm you're so. always working your brain in that way for a living. I mean, I guess yeah. I do too, but when you're stand-up, you can get lost in your own zone, which is not really like one, two punchy type of joke sometimes. Well, it's really like in your own voice. And I feel yeah. like uh, I nev- like I hardly ever write for my own voice. I'm always writing for other people's voices. Do you want to list some of the shows? No. <laughs> what? Really? I don't know. I mean... A lot. Uh, like people wouldn't know most of them. They're like they- kids shows. One just came out. Yeah, yeah. I worked on. Um, Say um, it. I worked on Wish Bart, which is a really good show, a kid show um, that just came out on Teletoon, um, created by Dan uh, Williams, Leanne Swatsky, and John Hazlitt. And you worked on uh, Gary and His Demons. Yes, I did. Which is out now too, but only in the mm-hmm. states right now. Um, yeah, only in the states. Yeah, on VRV. I think it's VRV or Verve. It might be both. It's, it's written VRV. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so that's <laughs> out now on the, in the States. Um, and yeah, that was really fun. I mostly write cartoons. Like I mostly write um, mostly for kids like uh, Inspector Gadget and Camp Lake Bottom and Mysticons and um, one right now called Dorg Van Dango and cool. Cupcake and Dinosaur. And oh, yeah. I did voices on that one. Yeah, yeah. Who did you play? Um, I forget. Like a monster and like a hipster. And I played Santa Claus in one episode and they all loved it. But then um, like the, peop- the people that created the show like loved it. But then I think someone went back and they were like, can we make it more Santa Clausy? Because I was playing it almost like a dude. Mm. And it got recast. That, oh man, I was sad, that but it's okay. Sometimes, oh, it's totally okay. Like it was fun for me to even just go in and whatever. I played, but uh, all the people Beaver. that worked for them were like, "I assure you, we loved your Santa Claus." That's the thing is, like, I'm sure they did. Like, can I say that stuff on out in public? I mean, I guess it's not an issue. The show's awesome. You should watch it. Yeah, the show. I was is super awesome. glad to be a part of it. The in the amount I was. Yeah, that show. I've, I'm so excited for it to come out. I think it's so funny, um, and that that'll yeah, come out it is in good. Canada on Teletoon, I think, and cool. then in everywhere else on Netflix. And then you co-wrote and co-created and co-starred in your web series "Terrific Women" with Sarah Hennessy. Yes, I did. So you can act too. Yeah, I do that sometimes. I do acting. I I don't really do a lot of on-camera acting, um, but I mostly do like voice acting now. But um, mm. But yeah, sometimes I act. Yeah. What voices do you do? 
Um, I was a character on Wishfart named Smelty, who is a reverse mermaid, who's like a like a bass on the top and then a sexy lady on the bottom. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that. I did, that was in an episode that I wrote. I just wrote. wanted that to sink in so everyone can picture it for a sec. <laughs> you can watch that episode if you go. I mean, it's it got illegally put up on YouTube. Does Smelty wear underwear? She wears a skirt. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she wears a cute little skirt. And then at the end of the episode, (laughs) she gets her fishtail back. Because you know how mermaids, like their hair usually covers their boobs. Boobs. Or they wear starfish there, I guess. Or they can wear seashells, like the little mermaid. I guess it's a kid's cartoon. Yeah, seashells. That'd be cool, though, you got to admit, if it was just a seashell. (laughs) Yeah, just a seashell on the bottom? Yeah, like a kid's cartoon. (laughs) And they're like, "Mm, kids feel weird and they don't know why. I worked on kids' cartoons where, like, you can get away with some pretty wild stuff. Like, I don't find yeah. that much of a difference between working on kids' shows and working on adult shows. It seems like there's usually a sort of mandate where they're like, let's find ways to keep the parents interested too, right? For sure, yeah. Like, like um, I worked on this show, Bagel and Becky, that I think is, like, legitimately, like, super funny for adults too. Cool. And I think, like... Um, yeah, like, I mean, when I do comedy and when I write my own stuff, I don't generally, like, write a ton of, like, swearing and yeah stuff like that anyways. So it's, like, not a big stretch for me to write kids' stuff. Cool. And they want it to be, like, kids are, like, so much more, like, mature than we were, I think. And so, like, they like watching things that feel more grown up. So, like, they generally don't want you to, like, pull any punches. Oh my god, you're yawning. I yawned because. (laughs) Oh god. Yeah, but we should say that. This is why I didn't want to talk about work. No, I want everybody to know. But the thing is, is I ate a big lunch. Then I came over, (laughs) and then you and Aaron set out like the hugest snack spread. I love snacks. So before we started writing, uh, yeah, writing, talking on this podcast, we ate, or I ate mostly a bag of chips to myself. Be honest. I ate, I ate a, a lot of the chips. Okay, thanks. And then I ate some <laughs> Reese's Pieces thing. Reese's Pieces mix. Which, uh, it's all right. It's, there's like the so The Reese's part little, are good. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, on the picture on the box, it looks like there's a lot of um, Reese's Pieces in it. Yeah. But it was mostly peanuts and, and not even pieces. like. pretzel Yeah. And they were Some pretzel companies covered. was like, they made a freaking deal with them. That's what happened. Every, yeah. every now and then, sometimes I'll look at a product and I'll. I can see the boardroom like power play. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, someone was like, Okay, so Reese's mix is <laughs> a go. Good. Next. You know, and then they're like, Oh. Like, great. Like, we unloaded a bunch of nuts. Yeah, like the company knows. Like, I went to a few coffee shops after Easter. Second Cup was one of them. And then another one was totally independent in the junction here in Toronto. And uh, they both had cookies that were on sale for a limited time that had. I assume limited time because they had those like Cadbury's Easter eggs baked into them. Mm. Yeah, it's good. But it was I was like, (laughs) this is so bizarre that like Cadbury's clearly had a deal with some coffee shop cookie company where they're like, help us get rid of these surplus of Cadbury eggs since Easter's over. That's true. See, sometimes you'll look at like a candy or a food and you'll be like, oh, I can see the business push behind this. Yeah. You know, like I feel like Reese's mix is that to me. It's like somebody in the boardroom got screwed by agreeing (laughs) to fucking peanuts and pretzels being poured all over our lovely shit. 
Yeah, and then they I put just it swore in a tube. hardcore on that sentence. They put it in like a tube to make it like to dress it up a bit, but <laughs> it's not good. I'm sorry. Before I should say that Chris <laughs> asked for one. It sounds snack. like I'm really. No, you asked for one snack for me to pick up one snack, and it was Reese's Pieces. Yeah. And the store didn't have it, and I didn't want to go to a second store. And that was the closest I could get. Then maybe Reese's. I thought you were gonna be like. Then maybe you shouldn't <laughs> go to be another so store. lazy. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I think maybe Reese's mix then is like they're tricking us. They're pretending that they're jazzing it up mm-hmm. for the consumer, but really there's a short uh, shortage right now because of World War Three or something. Like a shortage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a World Reese's. War Three going on for real, but I think it's more like maybe there's an issue. Maybe the <laughs> maybe the world's natural Reese's peanut butter cup resources are running out, and so I they're mean, like, you know, it'd be good uh, watering this down with pretzels. There's some truth to that because I've heard, and I can't back this up, but I've heard that I can't back. There's going to be a uh, like a chocolate shortage in like the next while. There you go. Because of like not enough water in Africa where the chocolate beans are grown, the cocoa beans are grown. So there you have it, completely not backed up. And uh, oh, you great. should actually maybe look <laughs> look that up. But I, that's what I heard from oh, somebody. Great. I forget who. Like now I care about Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured like the worst case uh, first world problems person. Being like, oh, really? And Give then, me a reason to care. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my chocolate eggies. How you guys doing? Yeah, you got enough water? <laughs> um, that's so mean. But I feel like that is this first world problem world we live in now. Yeah. Because we know all the hypocrisies of business in Africa and we still 100% take advantage of it. Well, I mean, yeah. we are like just little plebes. We don't have much control, but we don't like really fight the corporations that exploit Africa. We can choose who we give our money to. Like we can be discerning as where, wherever possible. Good call. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a letter to Reese and be like, be honest. Why are you making this mix? <laughs> Is it because of what's going on in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> What if they're like, genuinely, sir, we got a lot of good feedback on the mix. Yeah, it's like, it's because our president loves pretzels and peanuts. <laughs> Listen, I have no problem with pretzels and peanuts and chocolate if it's all in the same bite. But I don't know if it's because <laughs> you ate the chocolate, most of the chocolate pieces out of the bowl. No. Or if there were just yes, fewer chocolate maybe. pieces. Like if there was more of a balance, great. I I did pick for sure. So did Aaron, though. I don't think I got a single chocolate piece from that bowl. No. It was all peanuts and bread. Well, I definitely like let it sit there for a while. I didn't dive my hand in and pick every chocolate <laughs> out. True. So maybe you were. But we also I was had, slow. I was slow. We had cucumbers, carrots, red peppers, re, uh, grape tomatoes, yeah, hummus. Like I'm tired. But that Sorry. stuff doesn't make you tired, but compounded with chips and... But then we found... Chips this is my second crackers. green tea. So it's like this weird sort of war is going on in my mind right now. I can make you a coffee if you want. No, green tea for me, that's the caffeine that I need. Coffee makes me crazy. Oh, yeah. Do you get anxiety from coffee? I'm hyper. Oh, really? You get hyper? <laughs> no, just inside. <laughs> my body still moves the same pace. 
<laughs> but your fears are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know when a, um, like a boy uh, is about to uh, swing a slingshot? Like, it's like, and he's wind, winding it up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my brain is already, it's so messed up. But you know the motions you make when you're, what's the, not a slingshot, but like a sling. A sling, a sling. Yeah, a sling. That's how my mind goes. Like Davy and Goliath. Yeah. Is it Davy or David? It's uh, David, but you know him better oh. than I do. <laughs> it's Davy. Davy, what you doing? <laughs> oh, I see. You know that I read that. Did you read that Malcolm Gladwell book that talked about that? Uh, No. Which book was that one? I think it's called um, Outliers. The Real David Blink. and Goliath or something. <laughs> But yeah, apparently the reason you, uh, things that we need to pay attention to is the army had a choice to send whichever warrior against Goliath. Yeah. And they chose Davy, little Davy, with his <laughs> sling shot or whatever the hell it was. And choice-wise, it's actually technically not fair because that's not the giant specialty. Mm. So David didn't have to... like. They had big fighters, but David himself didn't have to uh, connect with him in like a physical fight. He could stay from far back and just pick the giant off. So technically, it was a strategic choice, whereas our society looks at it as like the underdog, the little guy beats the big guy. But technically, it's unfair for the giant than the fact that they chose such a sharpshooter with a slingshot. That's really, that's an interesting way of looking at it's it. It's Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell, yeah. Gladwell. Yeah, Malcolm. Um, I mean, like, so there used to be giants, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy was definitely bigger than Davy. <laughs> yeah. Like, how big was he? Like in this, uh, that this, I don't this is like I mean I think he was just like a big warrior. Like I've bought in about God, I've bought in about that element of uh the Bible, but like we're supposed to believe there were giants too. I that definitely think there were like giants Greek. and dragons in the past. <laughs> Are there dragons <laughs> in the Bible? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? What chapter? Yeah, God says, if you love me so much, ride this dragon. <laughs> at this dragon's head and people were like but i can't see the dragon and there and god was like try reach out for it and thou shalt see the dragon yeah and then they reached out and they pet it and then suddenly there it was there's so many like excerpts from the bible where god literally says if you can't see the dragon now then <laughs> walk through the desert for a year and then get back to me <laughs> <laughs> all these dumb tests where he really wanted to stretch people's minds to the max you know that test where he was like if you really want to get um the holy grail you have to step across this um <laughs> this area with no bridge yeah and choose the right chalice for sure yeah it's the only way to save your dad chalice is that what it is no goblet i think a chalice, chalice. and goblet are interchangeable okay well i want one of each <laughs> We have four silver goblets. I know. I think that's cool. Thanks. I want a big gold one with rubies on it. <laughs> I want a goblet that looks like Thanos's glove. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Thanos's dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I want Thanos's dick, <laughs> but I want my goblet to look like the Infinity Glove. I didn't see Infinity War. Is it good? Yeah, it is actually very good. Did I see it? Yes. I haven't seen any of the. I haven't seen Civil War though. Will I get what's going on in Infinity War? Yeah, but still see Civil War too. Is that good? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I'm not. I can't pretend anymore that I don't like all the Marvel crap. It's I like weird a because, lot of it. But I think here's one thing that I joke about as a comedian. Um, or as a person, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> as a man, as a man, this is how I joke about it. But like, yeah, um, I think I joke about the fact that I'm like a a dad and a man, a grown man that like needs to see every superhero movie. Like I think, and the infantilization of our society now, I find that really unsettling and corny. But I still get over it and I watch them all and I enjoy them. So what the hell? And I was talking about this with another person the other day. Uh, since the beginning of time, what was peak existence? It was a feast of good food cooked on the fire. And then they told stories over the fire, right? That was like when you knew you had the good life, even as like probably like a caveman, you know? Yeah. And so we literally have feasts and good stories by the fire every night now and so we've just maximized our living that the cavemen's probably fully enjoyed way back then so it's still the same thing that's true i mean maybe that's because i give myself a lot of guilt for watching this stuff all the time well i saw an article today about why like yeah millennials whatever don't <laughs> like to go out like they prefer to stay in maybe they've just realized the truth the truth early on that it's actually so nice to be cozy and it's so nice to be with your friends and family and just get really nice and cozy and chat and watch a movie but i loved doing that when i was a kid yeah i mean i feel like i used to feel more pressure to like go out well maybe it wasn't even pressure i mean i used to i used to legitimately like going out I if millennials really aren't like going it. out then who are the, who's that gang that follows me home every night <laughs> <laughs> they're generation x <laughs> oh man they're older they than me they could be generation Z. probably Z. Z is like they're bad after millennial they're bad they're ch children <laughs> yeah <laughs> well anything else we should talk about before we try to get into the utopia um i feel like before i was really flippant about work stuff but I. What are you talking about? I felt like I didn't like it. Oh no, you're shy about talking about it. But you said nice things. And okay, good. The shows sound good. They're all they're all very good and nice. I don't mean to be like flippant about it. I didn't get that at all. And also, everybody knows that uh, that knows you that you're a really funny person and probably bring a lot of value to each show. Oh my uh, god. That's probably why you work on them all the time. Thank you, Chris. Well. Do you so in your utopia? That's what it's. I always forget to get to the utopia part in this podcast, and it's <laughs> called Utopia to Me. But, anyways, I feel so in your utopia, are you eating skin? <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> um, you haven't thought about it at all. I haven't thought it can about be, it doesn't even have to be like it can be, you can start from scratch. Well, like, it's like. <clears throat> Like, do you want me to be, like, real about it? Like, what I would want, like, uh, like what I think would be best, 
for the Earth, or is it more like it's my own planet? It's a different world. I want you to take the angle that you want to talk about because it could be your own planet. You could start from scratch and be like, "This is exactly what I would love a planet to be like that I live on," or it could be like, "Yeah, it could be Earth, and you could change things that are are, are like change them from what they are now and stuff." Yeah, I think my Earth version would be pretty basic, though. Like, so yeah, maybe I should talk about like something more personal sure yes okay yeah i don't know why well how basic is the regular earth one just like don't I mean, fight everybody <laughs> like <laughs> like oh let's put all the guns in the garbage and and let's uh um let's all like be mindful of each other's feelings those ones seem like so obvious yeah. though you know so what would your perfect utopian world be like if you could make a whole planet from scratch? Um, I'd want longer days so that I could work more. <laughs> wow, that's like, that's like a despotic fascist leader's dream answer. Like, yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just pictured like um, maybe I can a child <laughs> saying that to Mao Zedong. <laughs> I'm like a yeah poster child for like <laughs> like I don't even please know. master longer work days. <laughs> All right, but your work is fun yeah my work is and you and you dive into it and you really enjoy it i love it maybe if maybe instead of longer days i I mean longer days i think everyone would want longer days um i mean i guess you'd get tired maybe the nights have to be longer too (laughs) maybe the whole day and night are longer everything you do would be longer i guess yeah brush your teeth longer play tennis longer yeah live longer um or or if i could have like a remote like click and click then i could just pause time and do my work <laughs> and Nobody's then i wouldn't affect anybody else on, this is a podcast has been going on on and off for a while and for a few years and no one's brought up time really yeah no or maybe maybe a bit but not that much yeah I don't has know. anyone brought up click no <laughs> <laughs> no amazing this is the first time someone's brought up click <laughs> I might you be wrong. You never forget though. the first time someone brings. I bet you there was someone on the podcast like three years ago that was like, "What? I did click." I'm sorry if someone else said click, but I feel like I mean, click would be a pretty good reality to live in if you could pause the time and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what else would I want. Um, I guess I like food a lot, but I like. I was gonna say, you know what? I think every I, I'd like 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 some kind of like, um, like I like a make your own. I like make your own Sunday stations a lot. But then I guess if you had make your own Sunday stations everywhere, everyone would be unhealthy. What's the environment like? Because right now I'm picturing like a desolate <laughs> desert with a hot, blinding sun that lasts forever, and then just a Sunday station. <laughs> no, more than one Sunday station. All throughout the desert. <laughs> okay, like, my world would be like a mixture of, like, sort of like, um, 
<laughs> like a communist like country yeah. with like like I'm picturing like sort of like how like Brazil in the movie Brazil it's just all these gray boxes that people live in. So but you're actually building a dystopia for most people. Work oh. longer hours and everything is gray. But you get Sundays. Every building ha- every building is equipped with a make your own Sunday station that's well stocked. But the Sundays are the only respite from pain and suffering. <laughs> yeah, but everybody loves their job. <laughs> they wanna do it. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I mean it's your yeah, it's your world. I'm sure they do. I think I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a workaholic. I like, that likes treats. I yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah i like work hard play hard (laughs) that's a thing i mean mm, i'd want a lot of like loose animals that like to be pet no one has ever built a utopia on this show and said um they work all the time really yeah something to think about oh they're like (laughs) i'm taking it easy oh no i mean i would want Okay, if this was truly a utopia just for me. Yeah. Oh, boy. I guess I'd want like... You don't know how to shut it off, do you? (laughs) (laughs) I could see the wheels turning like, have I ever had a vacation? No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. Yeah, I know. You guys have traveled all over the world. I love traveling. You've gone way more exotic places than I ever have what if i like worked okay i like i like to work like a dog for like a few months and yeah. then go on a really nice vacation so i like I that you know what all. that's totally like um i was reading this interview from this musician i like one time and he was like man you got people don't get these days that you gotta work for your beer right like you can't, people just sit around and drink beer all day but there's nothing better than working hard all day and then having that cool beer and i got the point he's making and that's sort of like yours is a heftier version of working for that cold beer well i think i work hard and i play hard like for real yeah like i do play really hard like i like (laughs) like i like you know how much i like relaxing like yeah well even today coming over that uh, anybody listening to this has to just go back and reference that snack spread we (laughs) described yeah that was hardcore i love having parties like i think if i'd like to have a big space so i could have a lot of people over Mm -hmm. and then maybe like a butler like who or a a cook but i like cooking so maybe i'll be the butler and the cook holy shit i was gonna make a joke (laughs) that you pitch yourself as the butler and you went for it Without me even making that joke. <laughs> well, if I had the click My perfect remote, utopia, I'm a butler <laughs> on my day off. You really need to think about how much you need to think about this. But everyone would also have a therapist, too. So they could, like, you'd get... They better. They're freaking exhausted. <laughs> they don't have time to think. You know what? They get so much pleasure from their work in this world. Are there machines that uh, blow whistles and sirens and horns and there's like whips that come down and is there steam everywhere? No, or what is this place? There's there's machines that when you put your work in the machine, it spits out like a compliment and a, an approval. Like a little like arm shoots out and it like pats you on the head. 
And then it's like, like a condescending master <laughs> petting a dog. Okay. No, you can tell the machine means it. Yeah. Yeah, the machine pets you on the head and it's like, good job, Chris. Really? You mean it? Next. Uh, okay, right, 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 right. Well, I got to run home and put on my butler outfit because I'm serving a bunch of the masters this evening a plate of cheese. So, but the, all so many different kinds of cheese. <laughs> yeah. And In my utopia, there's so many different kinds of cheese that I get to offer the masters. But I get pleasure. <laughs> I think, okay, yeah. No, that's fine. If you're getting pleasure from all of this, then that is nice. <laughs> I'm getting, like, too hot. <laughs> I want to open the window. I want out, is what you almost said. <laughs> Get me out of here, Chris. Should I put the air? I'm in your place. Uh Maybe I'll well, yeah, the, I think. Did you window. close the window? Yeah, yeah. I think Aaron closed it. Okay, open. Okay, it. I'm one second. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. Stupid. Are you hot? No, I'm good. I think I'm just embarrassed. No, it's funny. <laughs> it's totally funny. But you still are building on it with these offers. Yeah. Like you're not, I'm not pigeonholing you. Like, you know, I don't think. No, you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's still recording, but I'll, re I'll edit this out. Okay. okay, I'm back. The windows are open. Ah, fresh air blowing like the winds of freedom. You know what? There'd be a lot of fresh air in my world. Too. I love that. Because I love, I use, now we're I love going something. outside. <laughs> I do love going outside. And sometimes yeah. you'll be allowed to work outside too. Like, <laughs> see, come on. You're doing it to yourself. I'm, you, okay, you know why this is ringing alarms for me? Why? Because I'm so lazy. <laughs> I don't like working. So your utopian ideas are shocking to me. Well, I just need like I just I'm it's all for the love of the robot for me. Like, I just want the robot. So are you serving robots cheese in in a butler costume, almost like a reverse like sort of sleeper thing? <laughs> no, all my friends like we all like okay, so every night we all go to each other's houses. We put in our long days of work we and we get praise from the robots and then we all go each to each other's houses in the evening <laughs> yeah. and we have these like elaborate oh because i pictured you with like a wooden serving tray and being like this one's an applewood smoked gouda and then the robot's like it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same to me and you're like <laughs> so the robots are just for praise they don't have any insects <laughs> oh my oh okay <laughs> But that one is private. Did you see Solo? Solo. Oh. 
Han Solo? Yeah, Han Solo's movie. No. Uh, Is it good? I heard it was good. Uh, you know what? I hear mixed things, but I en- enjoyed it. I didn't like, didn't even come close to not like hating it. I liked it. But Lando has a robot friend, a female robot friend when they first meet Lando. And she's really funny. And it's clear that they have a relationship. I like that. It's, I really like that. It's good. There's a lot of good stuff in Solo. I think like having to fire those directors and then, uh, yeah, you know, like all the press, like giving them such a hard time for about a year to the lead up of its release. Like definitely those kind of factors affected it, I guess. But it's a, it's a clear, it's a seven out of 10 movie, no matter what. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like for them, for their like miss as a movie to still be like a seven out of 10. Like, I think actually people were way more critical on um, that last Star Wars one. Are you into these movies at all? I have to tell you, I actually really liked The Last Jedi a lot. So did I. I had a great time. I I don't thought it, I, I liked, I liked everything about it. I, okay. So no, you know what? What? This is nice to talk to you about. Because you're a hardcore TV writer that writes scripts all the time professionally for money mm-hmm. and criticisms that I was hearing about it were like armchair writers, you know, sort of like being like, what's this person's motivation though? Or this journey's, this hero's journey was only to this end and all this like Robert McKee, Joseph Campbell shit. And you're like, okay, well, you know what? Like, why don't you not watch the movie that hard? You know what I'm saying? Well, I found that I actually relaxed. Maybe it's because I had heard bad things going into it Yeah, that helped. But I preferred this one to Force Awakens because... It took risks. Well... Oh, sorry. I, no. <laughs> well, that was my reasoning. I just got excited. Sorry. Because, yeah. because I felt like the in the first movie that there wasn't like enough of um, an emphasis on like Ray's journey and who she was and her struggle. And I thought this movie had way more um, about Ray and, mm-hmm. and like her connection to the Force. And her story on that planet was very interesting to me and her bond with... Um, uh, Darth Kylo Ren or whatever. Like yeah. he, he, like he. Um, I really like that. And then, all oh, the and they match up in front of Snoke. Oh my god! I that mean, that's one of the wicked. best scenes in any Star Wars movie. It was so good. And like when they were in her, like in that hut, um, and they like touched hands. I like, yeah, felt like my, like friggin' panties were gonna fly off my body. It was so odd. It was so good. Like someone would use the force and <laughs> pull your pants off from like across the room. It was like, like steamy. And then I think that is so okay. So like, you know, I'm 40. A lot of like original Star Wars fans are earliest, like my age, later, older even. And I think that's where they're disconnected too. Is they're not like uh, in love with. Like, what's his name? Who plays Calamari? What's his name again? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. For, sorry, I, I forgot for a sec. But I think, like, like the, you know, these movies are appealing. They're not They're not just trying to pander to, like, 40-year-olds or 50-year-olds. You know what I mean? They're trying to, like, build a younger crowd. And I, yeah. think, I think you saying that about that scene, because that scene, it was interesting to me 
technically i'm like oh the fourth you can do that now like so as a star wars fan i was like interested in that but you're right there's that side of it too that is appealing to a younger generation like the sort of the soap opera drama of like because kylo ren is like an emo kid basically yeah and and then he freaking he killed and we can give it away now right or it's been long enough i think either way he's you know he's hardcore bad now and it's like that's way more captivating than anything we knew about Darth Vader. I agree. And I you think know? that all the criticisms people had of Poe's journey in it and his um, going to that casino plan and everything. And they were like, oh, it was a, it was a, it was like uh, it was fruitless. And it didn't. no, that was Finn or Finn. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, Finn. I forget their names. But Paul yeah. wanted to like lead the mutiny. Okay, that was another thing I liked about it. I felt like every character had their own like complete journey going on. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like they were tracking each character's arc in this movie better than they did in the last movie. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, yeah, Finn's story going to the casino planet was a bit f- fluffier than the other stories, but that yeah. was good but because they were trying it was something. like a B story. Like mm-hmm. I felt like Ray was the A story because yeah. um, hers is the most has the most gravitas. Yeah, and then his story was like a fun. B story um, yeah. and 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 the, and then like Poe had a C story like I felt like it felt more it actually felt structurally more like a, an episode of TV than the than uh, than mm-hmm. the first movie did right anyways I enjoyed it like the first movie left me wanting more and this one I felt satisfied at the end and I re- actually remember more about this movie than I do about the first one the only thing I was disappointed with with the movie is the very, very end what happened to Luke. But everything, but only because as a fan of Luke, since I was like four or five years old, I just want to see more of this crusty, grumpy Jedi Master Luke. And oh, maybe yeah. we will. I mean, they didn't leave it like you won't. But well, like, doesn't he do the same thing Obi-Wan does? Exactly. But like... I don't know. Like, did they have to get? I don't know. I'm not, now we're ruining it for some people, I guess. I love that it. Has the, been a the long time though. Passed to Ray though, because it actually gave her character something to do. Like right. now, it made yeah. Her, like, see, okay, yeah, you're right. See, I didn't even think about that. Like now, because I just like I just thought she was gonna have it going on anyways, but now she's Luke. Yeah. And I think that's cool. I this and one she really took the books, to right? Yeah. She took those books. She yeah, got yeah. those books. Boom. Yeah. She's. <laughs> it's a good movie. Everyone's stupid. Oh my gosh. Everyone wants. Everyone hated it. I loved it. Not everyone. Cool people liked it. <laughs> I talked to some cool people that liked it. That's cool. Yeah. That's fun. You need things to change, man. I we live. The, I think the word of this generation or whatever's happening in this wave of culture now is infantilization that's the word that people need to think of more mm-hmm. how much am i in a state of arrested development and how much am i allowing society to keep me in my comfort zone as a dumb kid that gets everything i want if you can get comfortable with getting out of that fucking headspace the world gets way more interesting and exciting but we're trapped now i don't like because of who we are because of like the privileged society that we choose to stay comfortable in. And I also think we're being manipulated by the big media cultures that make money off of us for being simple like that. Well, I think they're just trying to make a buck by 
you know, doing stuff like stuff that's going to appeal to our nostalgia. Like and and it's just a surefire. Right. Way. I don't it's mean there's like there's not a greater scheme maybe to it. They're but just like, trying to make money and people aren't going to the movie theaters as much and they right. they want to make money off movies so they're like, "Oh, what's something that there what if what if Ninja Turtles are on dinosaurs and The Rock is starring in it or like you know like they're just trying to like take like the things from our childhood to try to be like now will you go to the movie I think theater? about that all the time with like musical theater too because musical theater what did it used to be like the music man and like pacific or whatever and like all these uh, ambitious stories uh you know sound of music whatever all this kind of crazy big uh well sound of music i guess was based on that but like you know <laughs> Uh, but it's still a musical, th- like at the. But like you know, now what are musicals? Every single music has to be like, like musical theater is like, hey, your dad's CD collection, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like we're gonna write a real flimsy, shoddy story that so that you can hear all the ABBA songs you like. It is this weird yeah. sort of like manipulating thing, but you're right. But it is. It's not for manipulation. Sounds like way more nefarious like it's for like an ominous purpose but like i guess you're right and maybe you're right it's just for making keeping making sure those bucks are coming in i think they and i think it's also internet culture dictating what we i think they they're hearing us online they're like wouldn't it be awesome if there was a snakes on the plane the musical and they're like the people want it it's on the internet yeah. so let's give it to them kevin so I think tweeted just, it we got 15 likes <laughs> yeah i think we're just <laughs> getting basically what we asked for and we want to be anesthetized <laughs> because of course there's so much uh ugliness this is a this is a conflict i have with my comedy right now is i kind of make fun of that kind of stuff but i am the guy i want that stuff i watch every marvel movie and then uh I get depressed when I leave because I'm like, wait, I'm a grown man. And like, you know, there's a part of me that wants Thor for real to come to the planet and help us. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with me? That's so sad. Uh, but yeah. real, but true. But like that's, it's, what it's pla- that's what it's pandering to in our minds. Oh, I would love it. I would love it if the world is fucked right came. now and but it really hurts the- us. But, it, but the, you know, like, so we're we're not doing anything to help but we go and watch heroes save a fake world every weekend yeah maybe yeah people feel like too helpless or i mean showing up is such a big deal i gotta go to more rallies i feel like (laughs) i don't go to enough rallies i need i just need to get a hammer (laughs) <laughs> yeah you want to be it's pronounced mjolnir or something <laughs> oh my god and i'm gonna start hitting people with a, just a regular hammer <laughs> like thor you're gonna go to jail uh, just hit them i'll in just the fly nuts. i'll just fly away after <laughs> well i, I yeah i think we should wrap it up but uh yeah. so basically your perfect utopia world you're working your ass off and then you have a for robots that are personal. Um, the robots have information programmed into them that they can make it. They can personalize the compliments. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough for me. Um, <laughs> Good work, Steph. How is your cheese? <laughs> it's good and plentiful, Mr. Robot. <laughs> Next. <laughs> They're not programmed to have 
a follow-up response. I don't need a follow-up response. No. I don't uh, need much. But I think like it would be like... But you like your work, so you're doing I exactly love, what you love. Yeah. And, and then you're doing what you love when you leave. Yeah. Having a party and serving people cheeses and snacks. Yeah. It's really nice. Smoking weed. Going on vacation. The only difference between your utopia and this world is the robots. I think... <laughs> And the Sunday bar. But I think that's good. I think that just means that I'm happy, I guess. It means that you're looking forward to five years from now. (laughs) That's it. My perfect utopia is probably four or five years down the road. Uh, You know what? And there's no guns. Yeah. Let's leave with no guns. That's a nice thought. Okay, good. Anything else you want to promote coming out? Uh, This will be out in a little bit. So, I don't know. It's June. Yeah, we're recording this in June, but... I don't know. Um, Anything that we should look out for? Um, right now. Um, I mean, Wish Fart's on TV. Yeah, you should watch Wish Fart and Cupcake and Dinosaur when it comes out. And everyone should watch Mysticons, which is already out. Um, and um, and then I'm, I'm and and when Gary and his demons comes to Canada, watch that. Um, but it's also already on in the states, so you could watch it there. And. Um, what else? And oh, and then I'm writing on a show right now um, called Cavendish that's um, uh, created by Mark Little and Andy Bush. And that comes out in January, I think. Whoa. that's a f- um, Something like that. Winter 2019. Sweet. Sometime in there. Um, so on CBC. So watch that when it comes out. Cool. Well, thank you very much for <laughs> all the food, laughs, and info. Yeah, no problem. Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah, I had a really good time. I'm so sweaty now. Okay, good. Me too. Don't <laughs> worry about it. I can't tell. All right, everyone. That was Steph Callender. Steph, thanks so much for coming on and hanging out with me uh, during the day and chatting and uh, saying funny things and talking about life and your utopia. It was a lot of fun. Uh, people, if you want to follow her on Twitter, follow her at Steph Callender. Uh It's exactly how it's spelled. S-T-E-P-H-K-A. L-I-N-E-R. I just realized I said it's exactly how it's spelled, but I meant it's exactly how it sounds. I don't know. Is that how you would think it's... I guess exactly how it sounds would be S-T-E-F-F-C-A-L, and then all of a sudden you're spelling calendar, and you're like, huh? So yeah, you know, Steph Calendar, but you'll see. The information's on the thing that you're listening to. Um, I'm in New Brunswick right now. I'm just going to throw that in. New Brunswick, St. Andrews by the Sea, and I've had a few beers. So here's a little uh, tidbit, trivia tidbit about this episode. Is During the episode 5, we recorded that a while ago in, in Toronto. But at the beginning, if you were listening to the intro and you're like, hmm, what? Chris is... It's because I've had a few beers and now we're at the outro, so I don't care. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't usually record this with some beers in my body, in my blood. But... If you want to follow us at Utopia to Me, follow us. I've seen people on Twitter being like, I'm not going to follow your podcast account too. Just do it. And then I'm at, at Chris Lock Fun and uh, tons of shows coming up. This uh, episode's coming out. Yeah. Hey, you want if you listen to this episode for some reason, you're in BC and this comes out this week. Guess what? August 19th to the 22nd, I'm in Vancouver doing shows, but especially on the 22nd, I'm putting my on my own show at the Little Mountain Gallery 
and everybody's on it. Graham Clark, Ryan Beal, Aaron Reed, Jenny Taus, Fatima Dower, and Ryan Williams. Come on. That's a sickitating show. So you got to go see that. And then, of course, I'm doing a headline set. And all my new stand-up is like, it'll blow your mind. Dude, comedy's good. I don't know. And then where are you? Are you somewhere nice? The thing is, is the it's beautiful here. But if you go into the ocean, um, it's gross and it stinks. All right. So that was it. Steph Callender. What a fun episode. It was nice hanging out. And that's it. And we'll see you again. Love you guys. Go outside. Get wet in the ocean. Don't worry about it. Get some seaweed on your legs and then crawl out of the sea and then uh, touch a tree and go, thank you so much. And that's it. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>